0: For the Daily Princetonian, I'm Jack Anderson. You're listening to Daybreak. Today, we're covering the renaming of the Princeton Theological Seminary's chapel and the announcement that Associate Justice of the Supreme Court of the United States, Stephen Breyer, plans to retire. It's Thursday, January 27th. On Monday, we told you about a January 18th demonstration led by the Association of Black Seminarians to rename the chapel at the Princeton Theological Seminary. A few days after the demonstration, the seminary's board of trustees unanimously voted to change the name of the building to Seminary Chapel. Before the change, the chapel was named for Samuel Miller, a 19th century professor at the seminary who employed slave labor throughout his life. Yesterday afternoon, students gathered outside the newly renamed chapel in reaction to the decision. Reverend Tamisha Mills, moderator of the Association of Black Seminarians, was one of the several who spoke to the roughly 40 people gathered outside. Now we know the physical removal of Miller's name from the chapel is just the first step. There is still healing that needs to take place on this campus. There are still remnants of slavery and racism that persist. It will take continual prayer, continual organizing, and continual intentionality to work toward a truly anti-racist, sacred, covenant community. In national headlines, news broke yesterday that Associate Justice of the United States Supreme Court, Stephen Breyer, is expected to announce his retirement. Breyer is the oldest of the court's three liberal justices and his retirement all but ensures that President Biden will have the chance to appoint his successor. On the campaign trail, Biden promised to nominate a black woman to the court if a vacancy opened. To learn more about Breyer and what the nomination process could entail, Daybreak's Hope Perry talked to Anna Salvatore, a new staff writer on The Prince and founder of High School SCOTUS, a blog about the Supreme Court.
1: Okay, thanks for joining me today, Anna. Thanks so much for having me, Hope. Okay, so what does Justice Breyer's retirement mean for the outlook and future of the court? Breyer's retirement is not going to change the ideological balance of the court. When he is replaced by a liberal successor, which seems really likely, then there are still going to be six conservative justices on the court who can hold a majority, and three more liberal leaning justices but still it's it's quite notable that there's going to be a new liberal voice on the court at a time when the conservatives are increasingly emboldened, and willing to take on controversial cases. Just this term, in a case called Dobbs, they're considering whether to overturn Roe versus Wade. They're also considering whether states can impose strict limits on carrying guns, and they just agreed next term to hear a case about affirmative action. This is a real conservative renaissance for the Supreme Court, and now that Breyer's retiring, there's going to be a slightly stronger liberal wing, Okay, so who are the main contenders to replace Breyer, assuming that President Biden is able to nominate someone and get them through a Senate confirmation process? There are two main candidates to replace Breyer. We know one characteristic that they'll have, which is that they're almost certainly going to be um, black women. That's something that President Biden promised on the campaign trail in South Carolina. It would be extraordinarily hard for him to backtrack that. So one of the options is Ketanji Brown-Jackson, who's a judge on the really powerful, important D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. She occupies the seat formerly held by Merrick Garland. After serving as a federal district judge for almost nine years, she was Senate-confirmed to the circuit position last year by Biden. And the fact that she's already gone through the circuit, um, or rather gone through the Senate confirmation process, makes it more likely that she could go through quickly again. That's a real plus in her favor. The other option, whom I think is most likely to be appointed, alongside Ketanji Brown-Jackson, is a woman named Leander Kruger. She serves on the California Supreme Court, and she is six years younger, she's 45 years old, meaning that she could serve on the court for quite a long time. Um, She attended Harvard and Yale Law School, clerked for Justice John Paul Stevens, and also worked as an assistant solicitor general in the Obama administration. Both of these picks are eminently well qualified, but I think Ketanji Brown Jackson is just slightly more likely a nominee because she's been Senate confirmed already. Got it. Okay. So just a last question to sort of wrap things up. How do you think people will remember Justice Breyer? Like, What is sort of his legacy? What's he known for, for being on the court? That's funny because in public polling over the past 10 or 15 years, Breyer has been consistently the least known justice on the Supreme Court by far. I think in the single digits people could name him or know that he exists, but he will have an impact um, going forward. I think perhaps in large part because of his death penalty jurisprudence. Throughout his time in the court, he was a moderate liberal voice, but increasingly he became an ardent advocate for overturning the death penalty. He thought it was very likely a violation of the Eighth Amendment, meaning that it was cruel and unusual, the way it was applied, and the way it left people strung out on death row, many reasons. So that was notable. Awesome. Well, thank you again for joining me, Anna. Thank you again for having me.
0: Daybreak will continue to cover the story as it unfolds. Today, expect sunny skies and temperatures to get up to the low 30s in the afternoon. That's all for Daybreak Today. Today's episode is written by Hope Perry, sound engineered by me, and produced under the 146th Managing Board of The Prince. Our theme was composed by Ed Horan, class of 2022. For The Daily Princetonian, I'm Jack Anderson. Have a wonderful day.